friends reading Twilight books. Right now it is new moon, a decade late and just for fun. This is Bella Swan Song. Welcome back to Bella Swan Song. I'm Sarah. And I'm Lauren. In this episode, Lauren admits her fondness for vampires. I plead the fifth. Well, we'll let the listener decide. In these three chapters, Bella reunites with her first love, Edward, in Italy. Meanwhile, she learns a whole lot more about the Volturi vampires, their torturing practices, and how much they want Bella to turn into a vamp. In fact, they insist Alice and Edward promise they will turn Bella soon. Basically, Edward is so beautiful that Bella loses her breath every single time she looks at him. And of course, they are so in love. Bella will turn into a supernatural creature hardwired for murder in order for them to be together. Jacob who? All right. So when we last left off, Alice and Bella were dashing to Volterra, Italy, which sounds like a quaint little tiny village on a hill somewhere in Italy, but maybe close to France, because when they land in Italy, the plane announces things in English and French and not Italian, which I thought was a very weird oversight, but that's a tangent. They are dashing to Italy to try to stop Edward from... Every time you say dashing, my brain goes dashing through the snow. They are dashing through the snow to Italy to try and save Edward from the Volturi slash himself. Meanwhile, Alice is spending the whole time just trying to get new visions to just figure out where Edward is, what's going on. And over the course of this, she reveals a bit more to Bella about her visions, which is that she has a better connection when it's a supernatural being, but, as we learned in the previous chapters, only when it's, well, maybe other supernatural beings, but not the werewolves. She can't see the werewolves. Also, she can, like, will them to come. Like, on the plane, she basically goes into, like, a deep meditative state to, like, reach out into the future somehow. I guess so. It also seems like her visions, first of all, seem like have gotten way more accurate than they were when they were trying to escape James, the evil vampire, in the first book. Because her visions were all over the place and they were way behind. Whereas now, it seems like they end up so accurate that they're able to figure out exactly where Edward is hiding. And maybe it can be explained away with Alice just being like, oh, it's because... I'm closer to Edward and also because he's also a vampire. So I've got a deeper vision connection. I mean, I guess that makes sense. But does that mean like she could spend the rest of her life just meditating and watching different versions of the future? I don't know. They just seem like they're wildly inconsistent as to how accurate they are, which maybe that's just Alice like messing with her family. Either she knows a lot more than she's telling and just messes with them and like tries to put them in situations that she knows is going to happen. Do you think that maybe part of it was Bella? Because the visions yes. that she had with um, Bella jumping off the cliffs also weren't very accurate. And as we know, Bella is somewhat immune to vampire powers, at least Edwards. And later in this chapter, we get some more confirmation on that. Like maybe Alice just isn't that good at seeing Bella. 
like Edward with the outfits in book one. I forgot whatever my other point was going to be. Alice is just a troll. Like he's like, she's like, Edward, I've seen a vision. Bella is going to love this outfit, but she's trolling him because she's seen Bella pick out the same outfit. We know she's kind of, we know she's mischievous because in the, at the very end of the last chapter, and you'll notice I refrained from saying this in our last podcast, she says offhandedly, Bella, I hope you have a passport. I don't have time to forge one, which dinged in my head (laughs) because we had previously talked about their need to forge documents. So Alice is definitely a forger. And also then they hop off the plane and they're like, basically at this point, Alice is like, he's going to ask the Volturi, who are this like vampire council made up of these super old vampires. They're like 3000 years old. They're like super powerful. And they like have have this like coven of vampires that are like around them. We'll get in, in more detail later. And so Edward's going to ask them to kill him because basically the only thing that can kill a vampire is another vampire. And they... Or a werewolf, but Edward doesn't know about the werewolves, okay? Um, Otherwise, he literally would just be trying to piss off Jacob Black. (laughs) Anyway, and then he's going to wait until it's high noon for the drama, and he's going to step out into the middle of their town square, and there's this huge festival going on, and the Volturi are really protective of their city because they want to be able to stay and live there for thousands of years and not have humans get suspicious, and so uh, essentially they'll immediately rip him to shreds. So basically the point of this was they get off the plane, they're like, we we have a time limit, and Alice is like, I'm going to steal a yellow Porsche. And Bella's like, what? And Alice is like, vroom, vroom. And they just take off. So Alice is a thief and a forger and a troll. And then when they get to Volterra, she cons her way into the city. Yes. Where she like sneaks up in the vehicle line because it's this giant festival day. So they don't want to let anyone in. And she uh, cons. She first of all comes super prepared with her extra long gloves so no one can see her sparkle. <laughs> yes. Meanwhile, they left immediately. They had no time to pack anything, but Alice has her <laughs> her extra long gloves. Maybe she bought them in an airport gift shop. <laughs> She's just always prepared because she knows when you live a life of crime, anything can happen. And then she bribes. She bribes the guard with a th- with a thousand dollar bill. <laughs> where did she get one are those real i meant to look this up i meant to look up like the euro because i assume it's a euro i would assume well no because bella said a thousand dollar bill she didn't say a thousand euro bill that's true so maybe alice is trying to bribe the garden american money even though the dollar is i assume would be weaker than the euro so it wouldn't be quite a thousand and you'd have to pay an exchange rate that's a little bit of a bum deal well this is also her con because she's like i'm gonna give you dollars you don't know enough about the american money system a thousand dollar bill isn't real but look how fancy i am in my yellow port we need some fan fiction asap where alice is a crime lord slash assassin eventually we're going to have to stop talking about all of this fan fiction and actually write it here's my problem in all of this is as you know my favorite cullen is emmett uh for obvious reasons but now i'm starting to like alice quite a bit and where does that leave me with emmett 
I need Emmett to come back in and be the fun-loving goofball who wants to kill people that I know he is. You know what I mean? I need a little bit of that spark back in my life. The rest of the Collins can go to hell, but he can come back. Speaking of going to hell, wow, I didn't try and transition that at all. I just want to say this is pure and organic brain matter working. Uh, so basically, uh, Bella runs across the square and gets to Edward right before he shoots into the sun. And Edward immediately is like, oh, my God, I'm in, I'm, I think I'm in hell. But Bella's there and I didn't feel any pain. This is great. And he starts being like, oh, yes, everything. Everything's wonderful. Bella, this is amazing. He just like he turns into a totally different person. One that I quite frankly like a lot more than his usual self. I will choose to take that as uh, a good sign of things to come when the two of them are reunited after this trying ordeal. He was just so chill. Like he was literally like, is this how? Mm, sounds good to me. Well, I feel like it was him finally accepting his fate in whatever form that may take. So what I hope that means is that he will accept his fate, that Bella is his true love and they're meant to be together forever. And they'll just... (laughs) You're killing me. Meanwhile, Bella's just uh, enjoying the fact that Edward... Edward is then shirtless. So Edward takes his shirt off so that he can sparkle more in the sun. Maximum drama. Yeah, obviously. Super dramatic. Uh, really, it would only be better had he been wearing, like, some sort of plush bathrobe or something that he'd taken oh, yeah. off, like a deep maroon bathrobe that he'd taken off yes. standing in the fountain in the middle of the square. For the full Monty. <laughs> yes! <laughs> but instead, no, it's just part of the longest strip tease ever where he teased us a little bit with, you know, he started off with turtlenecks. It was just his face. Then we migrated down to his neck and just a little bit of chest. And now we're leapfrogging ahead. But obviously he's been absent for many months. If, if I mean, I fully expect, because we know eventually, right, in whatever book comes next or whatever book after that, right, obviously they have sex because Bella gets pregnant. That's not a spoiler. That's common societal knowledge. Just, I just feel like with the way that Bella reacts every time Edward shows even a square inch of skin, like how, like, <laughs> I just can't even imagine how Stephanie Meyer is going to handle that. And I don't remember reading it it'll just be the world's longest chapter where it's just bella completely beside herself (laughs) she'll be like listing greek sculptures like have you ever seen michelangelo's david he was trash compared to edward (laughs) i feel like also she'll just be constantly pass she'll stop breathing she'll pass out she'll wake up see edward (laughs) pass out Oh my god! <laughs> oh uh, god, I can't wait. <laughs> so basically, Edward doesn't go in the sun, but then the Volturi show up anyway, or their guards or whatever, and they're like, "Come with us." And they're like walking down this like sewery tunnel thing, and Bella and Edward are like embracing. But like, I dare anyone to read this description and figure out what earthly position their bodies are in. There's no way for them to still be making forward progress. Somehow Edward has his arms around Bella, but also is holding her face while walking in the dark. Well, he doesn't need light to see, I assume, because he's a predator. (laughs) 
So I'll give him that much, but they like, oh God, it's just so confusing. I stopped trying to understand it because I figured there was nothing that I could possibly imagine that was going to make it any better than what I was reading on the page. Oh, it's his other hand. He's holding, he's got his arm around her on one side and his hand just holding her chin, I guess. But isn't her face like turned into his neck? Because she's trying to smell him. And somehow they're still making forward progress in a way that doesn't drive the other vampire. Like, honestly, it's shocking that Jane, who's a tiny, terrifying child vampire uh, who belongs to the Volturi, doesn't just like pick them both up and run. How impatient must she be? Honestly, it's shocking to me that Bella isn't kawalled onto Edward. Like, that would be wit. She just, like, jumps, koalas on, and then, you know, then they can have some snuggle time because Edward can walk forward with Bella clutching onto him no problem because he ran through the forest full speed like that. Yeah, that would be, and then they would be making, they wouldn't be wandering forever in this dark tunnel. It then becomes a weird, boring office building that then becomes a tower, a castle tower. <laughs> because while Edward tries to up the drama to the max, there is no way he can top Caius, what are their names? Marcus. Arrow, Marcus, and Cassius? Caius, it is Caius. Okay, they're everything that uh, we have been waiting for in terms of vampire drama. And that's saying something because we have had Edward. <laughs> They wear, first of all, they wear these robes, these long robes with these deep hoods, because that's not suspicious at all. They all are just, like, completely enigmatic, but are, like, very strong in their person. Like, Arrow is the friendly one, and Marcus is the angry one, and Caius is the suspicious one. (laughs) They all seem to speak in riddles, but they communicate with each other 100% perfectly through... I can only assume vampire, excuse me, vampire magic. They're also just constantly flanked by, like, whole collection of other vampires. They have these two lady vampires who Alice, when talking about the Volturi, is like, yeah, it was like the three, these three dudes, and then they brought in these two ladies, and it was the five of them. But the, these two women seem to have no bearing at all on the Volturi. It's really just... MCNA. Surprise, surprise. Well, Jane, they like Jane because she can torture people with her mind. How old do you think Jane was when they turned her? Do you think they saw, found her like torturing kittens? I hope so. Here's what I'll say. I don't know how old she was when they found her, but it's creepy that one of them kisses her on the mouth. It's not, I don't like that. Also, how many centuries do you think she was just absolutely an absolute terror? before they like got her to be mature enough to hopefully like seven or eight (laughs) also i mean this is just straight out of interview with a vampire right like this is just that's it's it's that's all i'm saying that's all i'll say We do find out that it's unusual for vampires to live together. So apparently the Cullens have the second biggest sort of, um, if they call it families. I've been calling it covens, but I think I got that from something else. They have the second biggest quote unquote family and the Volturi have the first biggest family. And they like, there's like rotating guards, but then these people are like the core. Right. They speculate that it has something to do with, how old the Volturi are that they can live together in mostly peace. Whereas for Dr. Carlsley and the fam, 
it's maybe because they're not eating people. I mean, I guess they're not competing for, um, like, food as a resource, but... Does human blood make you like more violent? Like, they, I just that just doesn't make sense as an explanation to me. I also have some questions just about like so, the gold eyes means that you don't drink human blood; that you're drinking animals, right? Oh, I thought that the gold eyes meant that you were full. Well, I think no, because gold eyes, gold. Well, gold. Oh, eyes... gold eyes means that you both drink animal blood and you're full. Red eyes means you both drink human blood and are full and black eyes mean you drink any blood and you're really hungry yes but then do you think if you drink like if you were to subsist on a diet of moose would it be a different eye color because it's assuming that all animals have the same blood my comeback was gonna say you're assuming that all humans have the same blood which uh, technically yes but it's still different right like we all have our own stuff going on yeah but also like if you're very partial to be positive, do you get like purpley do red th- eyes? Do you think that they have blood type preferences? Well, we know there is some preference, right? Because Edward is like, but it's very people specific, right? It's well, like... right. Edward, we also get knowledge in these chapters from the Volturi that Edward is like supernaturally attracted to Bella's blood. That they say that they've never seen any human be so appealing to a vampire before and they really compliment edward on his self-control and then they say they said something that just made me laugh out loud which was like you oh you're like dr carlsley but even angrier and i was like lmao (laughs) so i really enjoyed that but then okay to be fair Let's give Edward the benefit of doubt. If he is using all of his self-control all of the time not to eat Bella, I can see how that would make you a cranky bastard. So I almost would give him that. Also, couple that with having to listen to the thoughts of 200 high school students. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it sounds like he can sort of make that blend out into the background. But that gift is very attractive to the Volturi, who seem like they're really all about collecting special vampires was sort of a sense i got yeah Yeah. they're creeps Um, they're just real yeah but also apparently one of them pretended to be a saint and talk about trolling one of them pretended to be a saint (laughs) and ran vampires out of this city so that he could live there and started all these myths about garlic and crosses and then pretended to die in romania so he could then come back and live forever That was, I mean, that's a genius move. That's next level. I really respect that. On the powers note, though, like, okay, so this actually does come into play in their favor that they're creepily interested in these powers because they all try their powers on Bella and mysteriously, none of them work. Like they all, one of them can read every thought that anyone's ever had when he touches them and he doesn't get anything off of Bella. How miserable. (laughs) Yeah, he seems to enjoy it. The mind torturer can't mind torture bella um and there's also the doesn't the another one has another power oh but they don't test i can't i one of them has some other kind of yeah i think they did they did try and test it but it didn't work um i don't remember what it was oh and then they're they're they, they become very interested in bella because they think okay well if bella turns into a vampire that's gonna be pretty sick and they basically are like, let's make this happen. And Edward's like, are you kidding me? 
Do you think they have talent scouts around the world who are like searching out people with super skills? Do you think there's any way to tell what skills will transfer? Like, obviously, they see something in Delaware, they feel something in Delaware, they're like, we're no, they know that that's going to manifest. Well, there was a bit about right, Alice was like committed to a mental institution when she was a human. I think for like some sort of maybe some kind of visions. I don't know what Edward was doing as a teenager. Dying of the flu. But I have questions about Bella's immunity, right? Because, well, first of all, I have two thoughts. One, does she have any sort of like werewolf anything in her? Because the werewolves are also immune to at least Alice's power, right? They're like invisible. But Bella isn't immune to Alice's power, which also doesn't make sense. Like, she's immune to everybody except for Alice and also Jasper, because Jasper's able to get his powers to work on Bella multiple times. So why is she only immune when it's convenient for the plot? (laughs) That's not, I mean, the the answer to that question is obvious. (laughs) I had another question that you made me forget. With just the sh- the sheer abysmality of the answer to that. Uh, oh, God. Oh, here's what it was. I am curious, too, because the Volturi are supposed to be, like, the council that sort of keeps an, an eye on things and makes sure that the vampires are following this sort of loose code of rules, or really a rather strict code of one rule, don't let humans know we exist. But it seems like they don't have a problem turning Bella. It's It just feels like they don't have a problem with people turning other people vampires turning people into vampires which you would think they would have a problem with and that they would want to like limit numbers somehow well my question is either like you commit right and you're like we're creating the master vampire race why have this rule why does it matter if humans know they exist humans can't kill them they could subdue the humans in seconds and then just have little human farms it would cause a lot of problems it's easier to live under the radar but if there are too many vampires they won't be able to live under the radar right so you'd think there'd be some sort of population control well maybe they do go around culling the vampires they deem as unworthy which i bet there's a lot actually that dr carlsley knows that he has not shared with his children we don't know because we're di- we're finding out that there's quite a lot that the Cullens have kept from Bella and by extension us. I do think that's interesting. Okay, you have these super old dramatic vampires in Italy who wear capes. One of them pretended to be a saint. Blah, blah, blah. It's Catholicism. And then you have these very uh, sort of, you have these abstinent vampires in the new world. That's either got to be Puritans or possibly mormonism obviously because we know stephanie meyer is a mormon like it does seem as though there is some there but again we've discussed this before that things don't seem to stand for other things in stephanie meyer's writing but i think that this is maybe the strongest case you could make for something being actually related to another thing in the real world similar to all the rest of it it's like there's this brief connection but then it doesn't seem like it goes anywhere. They do basically live in Vatican City. Because they're like, oh, we're in, like, they're like, oh, we want Bella to be part of this group of ours. Like, we're going to induct you, essentially. Or not we are, but, like, you'll be inducted into vampire world. But then it doesn't mean anything. And then basically at the end of all of this, 
two things happen. One I'm going to touch on briefly, and I think this has to do with the sustainability of the Volturi also. They bring in a busload of tourists and then just murder them? How? How is that a sustainable feeding model? How is it not super obvious? How often do you think they do this? Probably like once a week. It's got to be somewhat frequent for them, I think, to maintain their full power. You would think if you saw like once a month, a giant group of tourists went missing. Someone would notice. And also it's all in the same region. Like you would think they would have some of their little vampire squad going out and kidnapping random people and running them back, you know, from all over Eurasia and then just jogging back and being like, here, boss, caught another mouse for you. Like, that's like you'd think that that's the the way they would do it. Or there must be humans like there's that one human who's working in their office. Like, oh, yeah, that was so confusing. Does that human think she's going to become a vampire one day? I guess probably. Maybe she's like paying some sort of service to them and then they'll make her one. Like, just bring the intern, like, just, you know. Kill the interns? Come intern in this windowless building in a tiny city in Italy and then die. (laughs) And then the other thing we get at the end of this chapter is Bella, or Edward and uh, Alice have to promise the Volturi that they're going to turn Bella into a vampire. And soon, or Bella has to die because she knows too much about the vampires which is that she knows that they're there and no one's allowed to know. And so she has to either die or become one of them, which Bella's like, yeah, I'm in. Let's go. Yeah. And Edward's like monumentally pissed off. Yeah. But you know, Bella's also still, I mean, rightfully so repulsed by the murdering of all the tourists, but does she not think that that's going to be her? I mean, I guess she thinks that she'll just immediately be like the Collins, but like, Edward's been very clear. (laughs) Also, Bella doesn't have any impulse control. Like, it seems like, especially in these chapters, it seems like Edward has a... uh, I keep using the word supernatural. Of course he has a supernatural control over his impulses. He's a supernatural creature. But, like, it seems like he has, to the nth degree, a self-control mechanism, whereas Bella's like, I wanted to jump off a cliff, and I did. Like... There's nothing, it seems like if anyone would be liable for, like, randomly killing humans, it would be her. Like, she's going to be Jasper 2.0. There's no holding her back. I mean, I think it could honestly go really well. I think that would make me like her more. (laughs) Me, about every single vampire. If they only murdered more people, I would like them. Has there been a... Oh, yeah, Victoria's murdered some people in this book. Yeah, also, I guess, all the tourists that we just talked about. Wow, we really forgot about them. (laughs) That's it. That's how they get... That's how they pick the interns. We're going to get a knock on our door tomorrow being like, excuse me, I heard you're extremely forgetful and don't care about human lives. I have a cave in Italy. Have you heard about it? That's the end of the episode, guys. That I mean, look, we could go on, but I, I think for everyone's sake, it's best we stop. Yeah. And our next episode will be our final three chapters yes. of the book. And the epilogue. Are we going to get the mountain thing in, in this book? Because if not, I really don't know what the plot of the next book is. I know I freaked out about this in every episode, but I'm so scared. Well, we know Stephanie Meyer can pack a lot into a few pages. 
Oh god, it's gonna what's the next book after this? Eclipse. It's gonna be an eclipse and I'm gonna have to pretend I know what happened at the beginning of Eclipse and that's gonna go really well for all of us, so stay tuned. It's okay. I have no idea what's gonna happen. You know what? Also don't forget at the beginning of the next episode, Sarah has promised us an in-depth synopsis of her new fan fiction. Next time on Bella Swan Song. <laughs> Catch you next time on Bella Swan Song. I don't know what we're saying.